Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on up the first in time to get seven. Three run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. And the king when the Mariners needed him the most. Two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, how's it going? Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. At Mariners Pod on Twitter. Welcome back as the Mariners, after the off day yesterday, head out onto the road, taking on the Philadelphia Phillies starting tonight. We're going to talk about the Phillies series coming up, so we'll preview that. Uh, Also, this is going to be a fun podcast. Uh, This is a good one. After we talk about the Phillies, we're going to have a group discussion on Nelson Cruz. You may have noticed that Nelson Cruz has been red hot. You may not realize, though, he has been the best hitter in the American League for roughly the past month. So we're going to talk about that and just how good he has been. We'll have some numbers that back that claim up. Gaylord Perry was in town. I put together a feature on his 300th win and kind of what it meant to the franchise, what it means to him and baseball history and little Dave Niehaus in it. So I think you'll enjoy that. Also, Rick Riz, a chance to sit down with Gaylord Perry. And, man, it's always fun to talk about Gaylord Perry, one of the all-time greatest. And you just go over his numbers, and it's unbelievable <laughs> when you look at what he did. Of course, you know, he was the era of – the four-man rotation, but the innings, the complete games, I mean, he ended up throwing over 300 complete games, 303 to be exact in his career. He had back-to-back years of 29 complete games, which led the league in a Cy Young award season in 72 and then did it in 73 again. He started over 40 times in both of those seasons. I mean, there's only, last year, there were 83 complete games in baseball total. First time that number's ever been under 100 in baseball history. And there's Gaylord Perry with 29 of them in a season. I mean, he had 344 innings pitched in 1973, 342 in 1972, which is pretty ridiculous. And you go back to 1967, I mean, this is one of the best. This, If you follow this game log out, it's outstanding. So he just had this ridiculous run. August 15th, complete game goes nine. Five days later, August 20th goes nine. Four days later, eight and a third. Four days later, nine. And then four days later, he throws 16 innings. 
in a one nothing win that he did not get the decision on. 16 innings, 10 hits, no runs, <laughs> two walks, and 12 strikeouts. How about that for a ball game? And then five days later, complete game. I mean, after the 16 innings start, he threw <laughs> he threw five straight nine inning starts, then had an eight inning start, and then finished the season with nine innings. I mean, really remarkable. 16 innings. But uh, it's a it was a different era, but he was also a different pitcher. It was fun to hear him talk about. He had you know, all those innings, all those pitches. He said he had tendonitis once in spring training, and then he went on to win the Cy Young. He ended up winning two Cy Youngs, five All-Star games, and, of course, the Hall of Fame. So it's a fun conversation. He ended up yeah, age 43 with the Mariners. He went over 200 innings, took the ball over 30 times in the season. So that conversation comes up in a few minutes. That will be fun. But the Mariners head out onto the road for the first of two, and they play Philadelphia in a brief two-game series. So there'll be no podcast tomorrow. It's an early start coming up tomorrow. So we'll have the podcast today uh, to talk about the two games, and then we'll come back to preview Toronto and then talk about the two games that will be in the books by the time we talk next. Phillies so far this season, 13-17, seven games back in the National League East. They're coming off a win over Washington 6-5 to on Sunday. They had yesterday off as well. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10 ballgames. They got off to a decent start, but they have struggled a little bit as of late. 8-6 and six at home, 5-11 and 11 on the road. Middle of the pack in terms of pitching, 9th in ERA, 4-3-5 uh, as a staff. In terms of hitting, they have some dangerous guys in the middle of the order. Uh, some slow starts, though, around 137 runs scored. That's 11th in the National League. So near the middle of the pack in both ERA and runs scored. The pitching matchups for the first two games, remember the Mariners kind of moved their rotation around for this series. Iwakuma was originally scheduled to start the game tonight. He's pushed back, so he's going to start against the Blue Jays. So they've pushed two starters up. But remember what the off day they're actually starting on regular rest, so they're not starting on short rest or anything. Ariel Miranda will take the ball for the Mariners, 3-2 and two with a 3-5-5 ERA. Jared Eikhoff will go for the Phillies in Game 1. He's 0-3 with a 4.00 ERA. He got off to a really strong start this season. Through his first five starts, had an ERA of 2.5, including seven innings and one-run ball against the Mets. Uh, went uh, six and two-thirds, gave up two against Cincinnati. Last two starts have uh, been a little bit more rough. At L.A. on the 28th, gave up five earned and five and two-thirds. Last time out in Chicago against the Cubs, gave up four and five and two-thirds. Meanwhile, Miranda has come up pretty big for the Mariners, especially his last couple of starts, especially given all the injuries in that situation. Last time out against the Angels, seven innings, two earned, Time before that in Cleveland, five and a third and one earned. Mariners won both of those ball games, so Mariners could certainly use some innings and uh, see if they can get a win in game one of this series. First pitch, 4.05 from Philadelphia tonight. Now game two of the series is going to be a quick turnaround. You're going to have breakfast with the M's for game two of the series. It's going to be a 10.05 start. Ivani Gallardo will take the ball for the Mariners. And 
you know, it's really interesting when you look at Gallardo because most of his struggles have come in the first innings. He's given up seven earned runs in first innings this year. But if you look at two through six, he's just allowed nine earned runs. He's been able to really settle in, and he's pitched well. And you peel back some of the numbers, and he's pitched even better than some of the surface numbers would indicate. So far this year, one and three with a four-four-six ERA. Certainly, he knows Philadelphia well, spending all those years with the Brewers in the National League. Meanwhile, Zach Eflin will take the ball for Philadelphia. He's a righty, zero and zero with a two-four-two ERA. So far this season, he is four starts under his belt, twenty-six innings pitched. 19 hits allowed, 7 earned runs, 3 homers, 12 strikeouts, and 3 walks so far. Opponents just batting 202 against him. Of course, Philly, a place where you can hit some home runs, and Mariners not all that familiar with the Phillies. I mean, they've only played the Phillies 12 times in their history. That is tied for the fewest. They've played the Mets 12 times as well, so... Eight and four against the Phillies in their history. Last time, it's only been a couple years since a trip to Philly. 2014 was the last time the Mariners were in Philadelphia. They lost a series, two games to one. Phillies were in Seattle in 2011. Mariners took two of three. Mariners took two of three in 2005, and they swept the Phillies the first time they played them in Philadelphia in 2003. Jamie Moyer got a win in that series for the Mariners. So... Taking on the Phillies, which they haven't done very often, and they'll try and keep the roll going after a very good homestand, 4-2, to two, and they continue to play really well at home, 10-5 and five at Safeco Field, and trying to take that out onto the road. So we'll talk about how they did in these two games coming up on the podcast two days from now. Right now, though, Nelson Cruz has been red hot, and we're going to talk about it right now. Gary Hill back with you, joined by Rick Riz, Dave Sims, Mike Flower. Blow, I was crunching some numbers. You look at Nelson Cruz, essentially the past month, since April 10th, he's batting 402. That's the best in the American League. An on-base percentage of 476, best in the American League. Seven home runs, third most. 26 ribbies, the most. 35 hits, the most. 13 walks, that's eighth most in the American League. And we, we see it every day. We know how good he is, but I think it's fun once in a while to step back and just talk about how good he is he has been the best hitter in the american league for the last month yeah but how many steals does he have <laughs> one hey, he's one for one uh, i know I like the percentage one. i know he's also through all of that bit been nursing a sore hamstring so yeah. it's it's tremendous you know and one of the things gary that i've noticed over the years whether they're teammates of mine or doing this job and watching players is the the really good players the the, the great players evolve and get better mm. and it's an amazing thing i had a conversation with edgar martinez about three or four days ago and i asked him about nelson and i said that the one thing i've noticed this year is he seems to be staying in the middle of the field more he's made a real effort to that and it and one am i seeing what you're seeing and if that is true what's going on and he told me he said it's absolutely the case and what he's done is he's tried to change his swing path to stay in the middle of the field because he feels that he can hit for a higher average. Now, you're looking at a guy over the last three years has hit over 40 home runs Mm -hmm. per year. And last year, I think he was 280-something for a batting average. Mm -hmm. Anybody would take that to hit with that kind of power and that average. Nelson Cruz felt that he could hit for a higher average if he could keep the barrel of the bat in the hitting area longer. Think about that. Wow. 
And so when you, when you hear Rick talking about him hitting a ball into the trees <laughs> in dead center field, that's by design. And this is a guy that has been an extremely productive hitter. He's the most dangerous hitter in the lineup, maybe the most dangerous hitter in the American League. And because of all the things we're talking about, and he's trying to get better. That, that's a pretty good example for all of these young guys that we have on the team to watch. Yeah, I think one of the hardest things in baseball as your career goes along, and Mike knows this better than anybody, is to be consistent, even at this age, for Nelly Cruz. Uh, three years ago in Baltimore, he hit 40 home runs. And uh, now he comes over to Seattle thinking, okay, bigger ballpark. His number's going to go down. They've gone up. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, he hit 45. Last year, he hit 43. With Nelson Cruz, it doesn't matter where he plays because he hits the ball so far, it's, they're going to go out of the ballpark. But uh, what, I, what I like about Nelson Cruz is that he is, a, I think, a good hitter first who has power. Yeah. You know, he's hitting for an average. He's hitting for th- a 330 average last year. Mike brought it up. He hit for two, uh, hit it, uh, 287 last year. He's a good hitter who can drive the ball to all parts of the ballpark. He's playing with a sore hamstring right now, still driving the ball like crazy. So I love watching this guy hit. He's got to be as prepared as anybody before the ball game. But he is, he, for a, a home run hitter, he doesn't have that big classic home run swing and big foul. He's quick. The barrel of the bat is through that strike zone in a hurry. His exit velocity is unbelievable. I love watching this guy hit because he knows how to hit first and then drives the ball out of the ballpark. Got 17 walks, leads the ball club, and if mm-hmm. you take Hanniger's uh, numbers mm-hmm. away, he's been out for a while. He leads the club in on-base percentage at 4-1-4. I know I recoil almost every time he swings and misses because the power of the swing is just <laughs> amazing yeah. to watch. It's incredible. And on top of all the great things that you guys just said about him, the other thing that just tops off the entire package and I, say, I love saying this. He's one of the all-time good human beings yeah. you could ever meet yeah. in sports. I've been lucky. I was just figuring out. I've been doing this for 44 years of various things. And he's top five. He's top five. I mean, he asks you a question. You see him every day. He gives you a fist pound. He says, how you doing? And he wants an answer, and he's looking you dead in the eye. That, to me, speaks volumes. Yeah. Uh, in addition to all the great things he's doing in the field, mm-hmm. he is a world-class human being. And that, that to me, is my ultimate rate. Amen. No doubt. I was thinking about, uh, you know, there, in this league, there, there's hitters and there's sluggers. Yeah. And those are compliments, I think, in two different ways. He is one of those rare guys that is the combo of both. He is both a hitter and a slugger. He can hit the ball anywhere in the yard. He can take a walk. He can hit for average. He can punish a ball out of the ballpark. He can beat you with a three-run home run. There's not many guys like that. They're, yeah, it's very rare. I, I think the thing for me that, that – I, I, I chuckle at it at times, and, and, and Dave and I um, have talked about this on TV many times. But you go down and you talk to Nelson and you'll ask him, did you get that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and he'll tell you no. no. But you know Never. what? But you know what? It, right. and, and after, after David, he'd come upstairs and he would say, yeah, I asked him. And he said no. And after about the third time, I said, okay, I'm going to pay attention to these replays. And you'd be amazed how many times – that that ball actually did get in there a little bit, or he did catch uh-huh. it at the end a little bit. Yeah. And it but still went four so bills. <laughs> but that's the reason why he hits 40 a year. Yeah. You know, because the guys that are hitting 20, that ball's being caught on the warning track. Right. For yeah. Nelson, it's 15 rows deep. And then when yeah. he when he gets it, it's in the trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the upper deck in Cincinnati. It, or in Minnesota last Minnesota year. Minnesota. He, yeah. he, he's, he's different. It sounds different. 
Um, we're fortunate we can stand around the batting cage and watch these guys hit, and you watch all of them go through, and they all hit the ball hard at this level. I don't care. I was watching Segura hit the ball in the upper deck in BP two days ago. Nelson's different. The sign-off as bad is different. It, it, everything. It, That's it's a got, serious echoing crack <laughs> to the it, ballpark. It's a different thing. It is a different thing. Yeah. Do you duck sometimes? It's like <laughs> yeah. grab, grab some pavement. Somebody just shot a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a rare thing. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the combination of everything with Nelson is, is unbelievable and how important he is to this club. Uh, 291 career home runs, and he's yet to fully get, get one. I tell you what, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten all of one yet. Before, <laughs> I hope it's this summer, but he's going to hit gonna one out of his ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be the guy to hit one completely out of Safeco oh, Field during something. the game. He did it in BP, what, BP. last year. Yeah, he's going to be the guy. I'm yeah, in. I'm down with that. Put yeah. me in. Hall of Famer Gaylord Perry was in town. Here's a tribute. And as the Mariners celebrate their 40th anniversary today, we talk about Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry on hand last night, throwing out the first pitch at Safeco Field. And it was so fitting. May 6th, the date. It was May 6th, 1982, that Gaylord Perry won his 300th game. And he did it in a Seattle Mariners uniform. A truly significant milestone for Gaylord Perry. Only 14 pitchers before that had reached 300 wins. It was also a momentous moment for the Seattle Mariners. As a young franchise just six years into existence, a chance for the M's to be written into baseball history. And on the call that day for the Mariners, Dave Niehaus. Gaylord Perry said that he was on a game-to-game contract. He was a likable guy. He really was. He had that North Carolina draw. He was from Williamston, North Carolina. He was a peanut farmer. He even sent me some peanuts. And I'm not sure if I still don't have a bag of those peanuts hidden away because I was kind of proud that it had on the on the burlap bag Gaylord Perry's Peanut Farm. But there was one thing that Gaylord Perry wanted more than anything. And after all, he had just about done it all. He had won Cy Young Awards in both leagues. And yet, he wanted three hundred victories. Only 14 men had 300 victories, and Gaylord Perry wanted to get number 300. And the Mariners let him have that opportunity. It was May the 6th, 1982, and a pretty good crowd on hand. We had promoted the fact that Gaylord Perry was going after his 300th victory, and I was just pumped up. I'm telling you, I had never broadcast such an historic thing if it happened. Well, it happened. And it's great to have you fans around the world listening on American Forces Radio being able to sit in on a bit of baseball history here at the Kingdom in Seattle, Washington tonight. On May the 6th, 1982, Gaylord Perry won out away from 300. The 2-1 pitch to Randolph. Swung on, bound ball to Cruz. This should do it. He's got it. It's over. Gaylord has 300. Everybody mobbing Gaylord Perry as he goes all the way. His teammates come out bad bullying, and Gaylord Perry becomes the 15th man in baseball history to win 300 games as the Mariners beat the Yankees 7-3. My, oh, my. Well, I called Dan O'Brien. He and my general manager I was with Texas Rangers, and I couldn't get anybody to give me a chance to play. I wanted to try to get 300 wins. And I called him about the third week of spring training. He said, well, come on out if you make the club. Hmm. I was open-day pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was ready to play. I had been working out. And, 
and I was so happy to get a chance at uh, this place up here. It's always great memories for me. Gaylord Perry with a hat off, saluting these fans in Seattle, saying thank you for coming out. He has done it. Number 300 in the ninth inning for the New York Yankees. It was a typical Perry one, two, three performance. Gaylord, no runs, no hits, no errors. And of course it was a complete game for Perry. Why wouldn't it be? Gaylord Perry over 300 complete games in his Hall of Fame career. And for the Mariners, before Ken Griffey Jr. and Dave Niehaus went in as Seattle Mariners, before Randy Johnson, Ricky Henderson, Goose Gossage, Dick Williams, all entered the Hall of Fame at one point playing for the Mariners, or in Dick Williams' case, managing the Seattle Mariners, there was Gaylord Perry, the first time the name Seattle Mariners appeared on a Hall of Fame plaque. It's always great. It's great baseball fans here. And I know when I played here, they were very exciting fans, and uh, I love playing here. I played also in Tacoma in the minor leagues, so this area means a lot to me. And Gaylord Perry means a lot to Seattle Mariners history. And Rick Riz, a chance to sit down with Gaylord Perry. Well, time now for another 40th anniversary interview with uh, one of the gentlemen who was such a part of Seattle Mariners history, the ancient Mariner, Gaylord Perry, in town over the weekend, a chance to throw out a ceremonial first pitch. Gaylord, thank you for coming by, and uh, what's it like to come back to Seattle? It's always great. It's great baseball fans here, and, you know, uh, they deserve a winner, and uh, I hope this year is one of them, because... I know when I played here, they were very exciting fans, and uh, I love playing here. I played also in Tacoma in the minor leagues, so this area means a lot to me. 22 years of pitcher in the big leagues, Gaylord, 5,350 innings. Uh, you went, made 40 starts in a season three different times, 300 innings pitched in the big leagues in a single season six different times, two Cy Young Awards, Hall of Fame in 1991, but you became a Mariner in 1982, 82 and 83. What were some of your finest moments as a Seattle Mariner? Well, I called Dan O'Brien. He and my general manager, I was with Texas Rangers, and I couldn't get anybody to give me a chance to play. I wanted to try to get 300 wins. And I called him about the third week of spring training. He said, well, come on out if you make the club. Hmm. I was open day pitcher. (laughs) So uh, I was ready to play. I had been working out, and and I was so happy to get a chance at – this place up here has always great memories for me. And a great memory in May of 1982, the Mariners against the New York Yankees, and you're one out away from your 300th career victory in the big leagues. You got the lead over the Yankees. Willie Randolph hits a ground ball to Julio Cruz at second base. What do you remember about that final out to get your 300th career win? And it's great to have you fans around the world listening on American Forces Radio. Being able to sit in on a bit of baseball history here at the Kingdome in Seattle, Washington tonight. On May the 6th, 1982, Gaylord Perry, one out away from 300. The 2-1 pitch to Randolph. Swung on, ground ball to Cruz. This should do it. He's got it. It's over. Gaylord has 300. Everybody mobbing Gaylord Perry as he goes all the way. His teammates come out, but bullying, and Gaylord Perry becomes the 15th man in baseball history to win 300 games as the Mariners beat the Yankees 7-3. My, oh, my. Well, I couldn't have the ball hit to a better infielder than Julio Cruz. Uh, 
He had played just great ball uh, in spring training, great ball for opening season. He said tonight he was very, very scared, didn't want to hit to him, but that's where I wanted the ball to go. Hit a ground ball to Julio, and he took a few extra steps after he uh, got that ground ball. And a lot has been said about why he had to take so many steps before he threw it to first base. Do you know why? I, I did not believe the story that I heard tonight. <laughs> something, something new all the time. Uh, you know, it's good for the people to come here and hear stories. And sometimes we stretch them a little bit. And he was just uh, showing off a little bit that that little step he's got. Uh, he did that a lot. I tell you what, you were on a television show many years ago with F. Lee Bailey and had something to do with a lie detector test because you have been accused of doctoring up a baseball a time or two. You had him ask a specific question, I think is, and the question was, did you ever apply a foreign substance to the baseball? And you got off, you passed that test. How did you pass that test? Well, I just thought of what he was going to ask me, and when he asked that question, it come in in, uh, my brain that, hey, this stuff was made in the United States. It's not foreign. (laughs) So it it was something that, that was a good answer for his question. What do you remember about those days as a Seattle Mariner toward the end of your career, pitching in the kingdom and playing for Rene Latchman? Oh, Rene, is, he was just a great guy. In fact, he got released the same day I did. Yes, yeah, matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> and he did. And, you know, I thought we had a good chance to improve uh, that year, but I guess the owners were uh, not very happy with what we were doing. And we were trying extra hard. It just didn't go our way sometimes. But uh, I love playing here and uh, dearly love coming back. What was it like pitching in the kingdom, Gaylord? Not good. <laughs> it was a small ballpark. Outfielders did play deep, so if it was line drives, they got a chance to get to it. But if it's a high-flying ball, it's in this ballpark. So I'd love to pitch in this ballpark you got today. 314 wins in the big leagues got you into the Hall of Fame. Your brother Jim pitched in the big leagues for a long time as well, and you faced one another. What was it like facing your brother Jim Perry? Well, it was exciting. I just like like uh, it wasn't my brother. I just you had to pitch against the player. He's with Detroit, and they had some heavy duty hitters, so you had to really know what you were doing. You just weren't thinking about your brother on the other side. But we had a good game. Uh, I think he won the game. I lost it, so but uh, I didn't get a chance to get him back. He hit Willie Mays. Did you have to go up and tight on your brother? I sure did. I meant to hit him. <laughs> and I think your answer was he never got an RBI for me like Willie did. That's true. He never got a home run for me or RBI. You know, when I when I take a look at your numbers, the complete games, the innings, 344 innings, how in the world did you do it back then? So many starts in a single season, 44 one year, and 340, 350 innings. How did you do it? Well, if you throw correctly, uh, the wear and tear on your arm is very, very little. And I, I played the 20-some years, never had any arm trouble. One spring I had a little tendonitis. That year I won the Cy Young Award, so uh, it didn't bother me. It's just one of those things that I started conditioning January 1st of every year and had six weeks of training before I reported spring training. So I was already in shape to pitch six minutes. Gaylord Perry, it's great to have you here in Seattle. 314 career wins and a number of those at the end of your career as a Seattle Mariner. 300th career victory in a Mariner's uniform. Two Cy Youngs in the big leagues. Hall of Fame in 1991. Gaylord, thanks so much for joining us here on our 40th anniversary edition. My pleasure and it's great seeing you again, buddy. See you later!